about to dive into the Word. Are you guys ready for the Word today? Amen. Come on, let's go. Well, listen, uh, today uh, we are going to be in Matthew chapter 27 today, and uh, we're going to be starting in verse 15, but uh, we will get there later in uh, the message. Uh, but the title of, ten, uh, of, of today's message is, I am Barabbas. I am Barabbas. I'm excited about this message. Um, and as I said before, uh, today is Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, and I've been doing a little study this week on Yom Kippur because I knew early this week that I'd be preaching, and so um, uh, I began to kind of do a little study on it, a word study, and so um, I thought it was really cool. So the word Yom, so we're going to break this word up. The word Yom means the day. Yom means the day. Kippur means to atone. And to atone, uh, I believe Kippur is a noun, and the verb it means to cover. And so the day, when you put the two words together, Yom Kippur stands for the day of atonement, the day of atonement. And as we know, it's Jesus's blood that is used to cover our sins. So uh, Yom Kippur, it's a very special day. And let me explain to you what Yom Kippur is. So uh, the day of atonement, uh, basically what it is, it's the one day in the entire year where the high priest, okay, so you had multiple priests who were in the tabernacle who had certain jobs and they would perform different types of sacrifices for different types of things. And they had all these different things, but there was only one high priest. And, uh, and there would be one day, which is the day of atonement, where the high priest would make a sacrifice on behalf of the sins of all of Israel. And uh, it, was, it was a very rigorous and a very specific routine that the high priest had to follow. Um, you know, and, and you know, from putting on certain robes to washing hands to, uh, to different types of sacrifices. And so uh, I wanted to share a little bit with you, uh, you, know, you know, and we're gonna only focus on one part, but the one thing that I love about what God did is that this was so specific that the high priest had to follow everything that is written down in the law. They had to perform exactly to the T the way that he asked them to. And it was because whenever they would go into the Holy of Holies, you know, you, you went from the outer court into the, into the holy place to the Holy of Holies. I'm, I'm sorry, the inner court. Uh, and then the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is where God's presence was. And if, if they didn't do as as, as God commanded, or if they were considered unworthy going in, the Bible says that they would drop dead right there in the holy place. Talk about some pressure. <laughs> Talk about some pressure. And so uh, these guys, they, 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 they had to be on their game. But the reason why I love it so much is because this clearly was important to God. This was very important to him that it had to be followed exactly the way that he expected it or, 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 or the way that he asked because it was painting a picture and it was, it, it, it was shadowing something that was going to happen. It was shadowing Jesus and it had to happen exactly the way that he expected. So, um, so we're gonna, uh, I wanna uh, uh, focus in on this, uh, on this routine that they had to perform. And uh, you can read this, it's in Leviticus 16. You can go in and read it um, if you'd like, but for the sake of the message, I'm only gonna focus on, uh, on, on one aspect, which is, I believe is the main 
the main, um, the main course, the main idea of this routine for, uh, for the Day of Atonement, which are two goats, okay? So the, uh, the high priest would have to do specific things. There were specific uh, things that he had to do leading up, but eventually there were two goats who, that were brought before the high priest, okay? And these two goats uh, would then, uh, the high priest would have to cast lots for these two goats. And one would become the Lord's goat and the other would become the scapegoat. The Lord's goat would be the one that would be sacrificed, okay? And so uh, after those lots were casted, he would then take a scarlet rope made of wool and he would place it around the, the Lord's goat, uh, the sacrificial goat's neck. And then he would take the, and then we take another um, uh, scarlet rope and tie it around the, the horns of the scapegoat, okay? And then the high priest would then take the, the sacrificial goat and he would take it into the tabernacle and then he would then uh, kill the, uh, I'm sorry, he would then kill the Lord's goat and then he would catch its blood in a bowl, all right? Sounds fun. And uh, sounds like hunting almost actually. Um, but then what he would do is uh, he would then take that blood and there were some things that happened before, uh, some, some things that happened after that. And they would take the blood of the sacrifice and that was taken and then he would take it into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was. And he was to sprinkle that blood seven times onto the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And then after that was done, he would have to do a few more things. And then eventually he would come back to the scapegoat and he would take his blood-soaked hands and lay it onto the head of the scapegoat. And at that point, he would then confess the sins of the people of Israel onto that goat. And then lastly, uh, a person who was designated would then take that scapegoat, take it into the wilderness, lead it into the wilderness, and then it would be released. And then of course, there were some things that happened after that but um, I, I find this really interesting. And again, you can go and read Leviticus 16 and you can read all of it. It's, 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 um, it's really cool. But when, you, when you're reading it, you just see a beautiful picture that's being painted that's pointing towards Jesus. I'm sure you guys, as, as I was reading that, you kind of begin to tie some, some, um, um, some commonalities to, uh, to Jesus. And so let me go through some of them. So Jesus... Uh, not only was he the sacrificial goat, but he also became the scapegoat. Those two goats, he became both of them in one. He was both the, sacri uh, the goat that was sacrificed and then also the goat who took on this, uh, uh, that took on our sins. And just as a scarlet rope was tied around both of the goats, a scarlet robe was, uh, I'm sorry, a scarlet rope was tied around both goats, a scarlet robe was placed on Jesus before he was crucified. Matthew 27, verse 28, it says that they stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him. And this was before he would go to the cross. The, the sacrificial goat was then taken into the tabernacle. And what was really cool, uh, again, this is something that we have been talking about uh, uh, this, this, this entire past week uh, on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Thursday evening, uh, the tabernacle, uh, uh, along with the tribes of Judah, the way it's shaped, it made the shape of a cross. And that sacrificial goat was then led into the tabernacle, which was in the shape of a cross where it would then be killed, 
wow, isn't that cool? And then uh, after that, the blood of the goat, of course, was taken to the holy place and sprinkled onto the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, the same way the Bible tells us in Hebrews 9 that Jesus is our ultimate high priest and that he also, he presented his own blood into the holy place of our Father in heaven, securing our redemption once and for all. That's Hebrews 9. Let me read that to you real fast. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11, it says... But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that, that is not of this creation, he entered once and for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. I love, I love this so much. Jesus going into, he basically, he, he, this whole picture that you read in, Le, in Leviticus 16, Jesus becomes all of it and he fulfills all of it, ultimately approaching into the throne room of God and to a tabernacle that's not made of hands. And he then presents his blood, which ultimately once and for all secures our salvation in him. Amen. Amen. Come on. And I love that. And then also, again, he became the scapegoat as well. In the same way the sins of Israel were confessed upon the scapegoat, Jesus, who was innocent, bore all of our sin. And it was so that, we, so that our sins would be remembered no more. As you, know, as you remember, um, uh, the, uh, the scapegoat was led into the wilderness. And that was a picture of Jesus, or, or of God forgiving our sins and forgetting them, sending them as far as the east is to the west. And so that they would be remembered no more. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and so um, in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse 21, it says um, that uh, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Man, I love this scripture. Wow, talk about the great exchange. The uh, theology talks about the great exchange. Jesus taking upon our sin, taking upon our transgressions and taking upon himself, literally becoming sin and exchanging for us, we get his righteousness. And so that God, when he sees us, he doesn't see our sin, but he sees our righteousness. So now with that said, I would like to go back to the two goats, okay? Let's go back to the two goats. So, uh, so again, you had two goats that were presented by the high priest. And although there were two goats, there was only one offering. Again, we know that Jesus became both those goats, but there were two goats and only one offering. One goat was put to death while the other goat was set free, okay? Now we see this same situation, this same picture play out in the gospels. And we're gonna go there. Matthew chapter 27, we're gonna start in verse 15. And if you don't have your Bibles, uh, you, can, uh, you can follow along on the screen as well. So it says here, verse 15. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Verse 16, this year there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. We'll go back to that name in a bit. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who was called the Messiah. 
Verse 18, he knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. And just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave that innocent man alone. I have suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Verse 20, meanwhile, the leading priest and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. Verse 21, so the governor asked again, which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shot it back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, then what should I do with Jesus who was called the Messiah? They shouted, crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Crucify him. Verse 24, Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. So again, uh, so Pontius, well, we go back again, there were two goats in Leviticus that were presented. And here in this situation, Pontius Pilate presents two men before the crowd. He asked for one to be set free and the other to be and the other would be put to death. One was Jesus the Messiah and the other was Barabbas. Now, when I was doing study and um, you know, I was following through, I thought, I thought this was really cool. In, earned, in early manuscripts of Matthew, uh, Bar- Barabbas was named Jesus Barabbas, assuming that that, 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 that that was his first name. Um, it was pulled out eventually, but, um, but it's interesting that Barabbas' name could have been Jesus. But I also find this really cool. And when I begin to study um, uh, the name Barabbas, this is really cool. Barabbas can be broken up into two words. Bar, meaning son, and Abba, meaning father. In other words, the name Barabbas means son of Abba or son of the father. So you have these two men that were presented, one whose name means son of the father and the other who literally is the son of the father in heaven. And they are presented here. And uh, in the Old Testament, again, there were two goats. And in Matthew 27, you have two men. One is Jesus, the Messiah, the truth, the innocent one, who clearly we know was, uh, uh, was, was not guilty of this sin, but he is standing there ready. And then on the other side, you have Barabbas. Now let's talk about Barabbas for a second. Barabbas, um, the Bible says that he was a notorious prisoner. That means that he was known for being in prison. He was in and out of prison. But in this instance, he was put on death row. Uh, he was put on death row. Uh, he was bound, he was locked up, and he was guilty of murder. And he was sentenced to death row awaiting the day of his judgment. So it's really interesting. You have uh, in the crowd, you know, as I was doing some study, you had, uh, you just had a crowd that were just there. And some, you know, some scholars believe that in that crowd might have been um, uh, supporters of Barabbas because Barabbas was a revolutionist. And so he was, you know, he was fighting against the Roman government. So there were people who imagined that, you know, hey, even though he's in prison, he's still a good guy. He's still awesome. You know, you know, let's, you know, you know, let's set him free, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, it's a picture of us when we, 
that as, as men without Jesus, we justify our sin. But in this situation, Barabbas uh, is, is, is guilty of murder and he is sitting on death row waiting his judgment. Both men were brought out before the crowd and Pontius Pilate asks which one they wanted to be set free. And of course we know they chose Barabbas. Jesus not only became the sacrificial goat, but he also became the scapegoat. And all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame was placed upon Jesus as he carried them all the way to the cross and to his death. But Barabbas, he walked away free. So powerful. Now, let's just imagine being Barabbas. Let's just, I, I, you know, I tried to imagine what it was like to walk in his shoes in that moment, knowing that he was guilty. He was locked up in prison, awaiting the judgment that he knew he deserved. He was guilty and he knew it and he knew that he was going to receive death. Any day now, they, he was going to be pulled out of his cell and most likely he would be crucified for his crimes. So he's sitting there and all of a sudden, boom, the cell opens. And I'm sure he's thinking at this moment, this is it. He's bound in chains and he's walking out. And as he's walking and he sees the light of day, as he's walking out of the cell and he sees a crowd that's yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And I can imagine that he's probably thinking, this is for me. <laughs> This is it. And so he's, he's bound in chains, imagining that this is the moment that he would carry his cross to his death. But then all of a sudden, the chains on his arms were unlocked. They were taken off and he's being told that he was free. Imagine what he's thinking at that moment, like what? And as he looks to the side, I imagine that he's looking to the side and he sees this man, this innocent man, a man who seems to be innocent, who is taking his penalty, his judgment, who's taking his lashes, his beating, and he takes up the cross that was meant for him and takes it and walks it up to Golgotha to his death. I think that Barabbas might be the only person who could say that Jesus literally carried the cross that was meant for him. In that moment, Barabbas was given the freedom that Jesus deserved. Yet Jesus bore his guilt, his shame, his disgrace, and the death that, um, that Barabbas deserved. Barabbas received the freedom in life that Jesus deserved. Now, doesn't this sound familiar? Amen. Wow. It's because I am Barabbas. You are Barabbas and we are Barabbas. Without Jesus, we are guilty of sin, locked up in a spiritual prison, bound in chains of sin, helpless to get free. We were sentenced to death because of our sin. Romans 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. We had no hope of redemption. We were lost and yet all of a sudden in an instant, someone came in, Jesus came in and took our place, took upon our sin, took upon our guilt and our shame and he took it all the way to the cross and nailed it there so that we can be free and we can become the righteousness of God. Come on somebody. 
Wow. All I can say is thank you, Jesus. All I can do is be thankful for the cross. You know, the cross is something that, that we as Christians know that it is, it, is the, it, is the, it is the first thing that we meet when we come to Jesus is, is, is we reckon with the cross, realizing that we die to ourselves and we, and, and we lay down our sin and we pick up the robes of righteousness. You see, Jesus at that time, he was the answer for Barabbas. Jesus was also the answer for his disciples. And you know what? Jesus is the answer for you. He's the answer for me. Jesus is the answer for all of us. And you know what? Jesus is the answer for today. I truly believe it. You know, in the midst of everything happening today, in the midst of everybody having a, a political opinion, everybody having their views and what they believe that we all should do and what things should happen, we all have our views. But at the end of the day, the only thing that truly matters and that will make a true difference is Jesus. So there's a few things as we look back at this message, after hearing this message, there's a few things I believe that, um, uh, 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 that it causes us to do. Number one is to remember the cross. For us to remember that Jesus took our, pen, um, our penalty and, he, and, and we walked away free. And to be thankful for the cross and to never let it and allow it to become common to us. Jesus died for us so that we could live for him. And the best way for us to remember the life of Jesus and him dying for us is, is to, uh, and, and for us to remember the cross is to live for him. That's number one. Number two is to pray for our nation. And I believe that God needs us today as, as believers to pray on behalf of our country because our nation needs us as believers to pray for God to intervene, amen? amen. And, the last, and lastly, number three, is to choose Jesus. You know, I often think about if we were in that crowd, if we were in that crowd and in the moment, the emotions that are, are, are rising up and, and the, just the pressure of the day was to choose Barabbas. You had the, the priests and the elders of that time pushing and persuading and trying to get everybody to choose Barabbas. And yet, really, in that moment, the right decision would have been to choose Jesus. And I believe that today is the same exact situation. With everything happening around, there is pressure for us to, to, uh, 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 to, to make a stand and for us to stand on top and champion a political view, for us to champion our own opinions, for us to, think, for us to champion what, what, uh, what society and what, and what the loudest people in our nation wants us to choose. But I believe that right now the answer is Jesus. 